Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Prices for canola and wheat were reflecting major downward pressure this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola is down 40 to $50 a ton this week, while spring wheat futures have dropped 10 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, definitely an interesting week on the canola front. The May front month contract declined about $50 a ton in three trading days. So uh, from Tuesday to Thursday, we saw quite the decline. Today, we are starting to move a little bit higher. The July contract is down about $40 a ton and November is down about $23 a ton. So definitely something to watch still that spread between the May to November kind of uh, contracts there. About $150 a ton that the November is a discount. So something I'm, I'm definitely watching. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front, on the May contract, lower by about $0.10 cents on the week. So definitely, I'd say, a lower trend on the wheat side of things. So what's pushing down both the canola and the wheat markets? Well, a few different things, starting off on the canola front, that soy complex has definitely been weak here, in particular on the soybean oil side of things. Uh, it closed sharply lower yesterday. There's a collapse in kind of energy, so oil prices, as well as the kind of the U.S. dollar has been surging higher. So a bit of a bearish tone there, as well as actually palm oil futures uh, declined about three and a half percent, reaching their lowest since the start of March. So uh, traders are concerned that the rally in palm oil could dampen kind of buying interest in terms of other veg oils. Palm oil production difficulties in the first quarter related to labor shortages helped to tighten that supply uh, far more than traders anticipated, and demand kind of picked up dramatically. But now, as kind of world production of palm oil is starting to increase seasonally in March, this is could expect to accelerate, um, you know, even more. And that's where, you know, soybean oil could be showing a bit of a, a peak here. And, you know, that would obviously affect kind of canola going forward. Now, one thing I will say is that the fundamental picture for canola is still the same. You know, we are still, you know, short from, from what we've seen. But, you know, that's where, you know, a canola could follow lower as well. So the outlook next week and beyond? 
Next week, I think this is going to definitely be a, a pivotal moment here for canola, whether the July is going to hold 700, November going to hold 600 a ton. And, and from there, we might see you know a, a little bit of buying interest here start to come into the market on this decline. But again, watching the soy complex will definitely be important and, and palm oil. Uh, when it comes to wheat, Really, I know farms might not want to hear this, but there's no sign of of a low quite yet. Wheat has been kind of in a bit of a downward trend. And, you know, at, uh, for example, Kansas City wheat pushing to the lowest level since December 30th. And Minneapolis wheat has held up better. But right now, again, the trend is lower. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. A new energy company in southeast Saskatchewan is looking at setting up a major canola processing plant to produce renewable diesel. Covenant Energy President Josh Gustafson says his goal is to bring value-added opportunities to farming. He wants to explore partnership with the oil and gas industry through fuel blending to bring diversity to the Estevan region. He says provided the project receives all necessary approvals, production would start in the second half of 2023. But he says a key driver for demand would be Ottawa's proposed clean fuel regulations. The proposed plant would produce 6,500 barrels a day or over 300 million litres of renewable diesel and aviation fuel. Greenhouse gas emission reductions range from 80 to 85 percent when compared to fossil fuel diesel. He says the facility would create demand for 35 million bushels of canola worth $500 million to produce 350,000 tons of canola oil feedstock. There are estimates of up to 60 permanent full-time jobs to be created. The renewable fuel processing plant would be built in southern Saskatchewan. A new carbon reduction program will encourage research scientists and farmers to work together on applied projects. Agricultural Climate Solutions looks to promote the establishment of regional collaboration hubs known as Living Labs. This is Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babot. With Agricultural Climate Solutions, farmers are not just consulted. They are out there with the researchers and other collaborators getting their hands dirty, testing solutions in real conditions on real farms across the country. And that's the fastest way to get research out of the lab and onto the farm where it can make a real difference. Examples already exist in four provinces, but the only western one is in Manitoba. The aim is to have at least one collaboration hub in every province. Applications will be accepted in the fall and includes not-for-profits such as producer organizations. Mary Robinson is the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. We hope that the practices developed from this initiative can give farmers a steady income stream for their environmental efforts by being linked to those carbon credits, as that would be a much-needed incentive to spur increased engagement from farmers while being extremely beneficial for the environment at the same time. Jonathan Wilkinson is the Minister of Environment and Climate Change. It is a very interesting opportunity for us to look at how far can you go with respect to practices that will help to enhance significantly the sequestration capacity of of soils because those tend to be reasonably low-cost tons and ways in which we can actually get at emissions that will be very helpful to us in terms of making progress on the climate issue. 
Producer groups have concerns with the recent carbon offset draft regulations, especially the term business as usual, which would not credit farmers for past conservation measures. There are practices that farmers do, um, you know, in terms of no-till farming and a whole range of things that do help with respect to carbon sequestration. But as is the case in all sectors of the economy, what we need to do is actually find additional tons in terms of reductions. We can't meet our Paris obligations as a country and certainly can't address the threat that is climate change without finding the additional tons that allow us to make progress towards our target. So additionality is critical. The federal government will invest $185 million over the next 10 years in the new Agricultural Climate Solutions Program. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I'm joined right now by Farm Credit Canada's Chief Economist, J.P. Gervais. J.P., you know, I've really noticed this week, and, and I know there's people talking about inflation prior to this week, but I'm really noticing in the mainstream financial news this week, all of a sudden, it's all about inflation concerns. Uh, how, are, how concerned are you about it? Well, I would say that my concern level is not as high as your rate, as we are feeling it or sort of, you know, perceiving it to be in the media, right? So the, the, the one thing about inflation, and it starts to be real when everybody believes it, so to speak. I remember, you know, first year of graduate school, my textbook in macroeconomics was called, you know, the macroeconomics of self, self-fulfilling prophecies. And if I can summarize, you know, a number of pages in just a couple of sentences, like, Point being that inflation is a threat when it starts to be a threat when businesses and households, you know, start to have expectations about future inflations, right? So it's all about the fact that, you know, if I as a business, I'm seeing that my costs are going up, then I need to pass it on to, you know, downstream in the supply chain and so far. Now, the thing that we all know in farming is that it is really hard to do. Uh, and that's why the markets are there, right? To arbitrage this relationship between the cost of materials, what consumers are able and willing to pay. The one thing that has changed now recently, on top of the fact that raw materials are move, you know, moving up in prices, is the fact that income's super strong, right? Savings are up, uh, debt to disposable income slightly down. It's not as, as much as lower as everybody would like, I suppose. But overall, there's a quite a bit of a case to be made. There's a pent-up demand out there, and that's the concern behind the inflation pressures we're seeing right now. Well, there's still a lot of people out of work as well in Canada and the U.S., right? So we could say that, hey, the economy is going to be humming in 2021. We're going to see this inflationary pressure, but we still got some people that are out of work. Right. And expectations because of this, among other things, but because of this, expectations about future inflations are well anchored around that 2% range, right? A little bit above, a little bit below. And I believe that most businesses anyhow, and, and consumers as well, would think that, yeah, I, we're comfortable with the fact that the bank seems credible in terms of holding inflation around that 2% target. And we understand that it can deviate from that a little bit. Um, and as long as we're not seeing 
you know, we don't think anything that would change our expectations. Uh, you know, and one of the things that would change, for example, is if businesses report that they're more likely to raise prices. And so if they do so, it means that they are getting the signals that other levels of the, of the supply, in the supply chain are able to absorb some of these higher prices, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the next, I think, evidence, so we just got an inflation reading this week, right? So it was 1.1% uh, in Canada in February. And the next big report in my head is the one that will be released in early April, which will, uh, which is the business outlook survey. And what it does is the Bank of Canada surveys businesses about a, about a number of things, uh, whether they're faced with some capacity constraints and so forth. And they're going to ask, are you, what is your intent when it comes to prices? Are you planning to increase your prices in the next 12 months? Uh, at the end of December, which was the last survey, most business, well, there was a slight, uh, share businesses, more businesses that thought that prices were going to raise or were going to increase, but it was fairly stable. But if that was to change in March, I think that would be the beginning of, yeah, you know, me getting a little bit more worried about where future inflation is likely to be. Okay, so you need to explain this to me then. This article was in the, the Wall Street Journal this week. Uh, prices of lumber and other, other building materials and how that's leading to skyrocketing costs for home builders. It says, lumber, one of the biggest costs in home building after land and labor, has never been more expensive and is more than twice the typical price for this time of the year. Well, so the question is, yes, yes, there's inflationary pressure, but is it transitory, right? Is this something that we expect it to, to be permanent of nature so that the bank would change and shift their outlook on monetary policy? And so that's the reason why I'm saying no. But you're absolutely right. And I believe it's in the same article that Builder was saying that, you know what, with rising prices, I did lose a few customers or I did lose a few sales. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, wind south 30, and a high of 15 is forecast. Wind southeast 20, becoming northwest 20 near midnight, the low plus 4. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of showers in the morning. Wind northwest 20, the high 11, the low minus 3. Sunday, sunny in the high plus 2, the low minus 8. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 6 degrees. 30% chance of rain showers or flurries Monday evening, the low minus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 5. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 8, the low minus 4. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high plus 8 degrees. Normal high is plus 2, the normal low minus 10. The sun rose at 7.03 this morning. It sets at 7.09 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Swift Current at 17 degrees. The cold spot up North Meadow Lake at plus 4. In Estevan, it's 12 degrees. Saskatoon, 11. Swift Current, as we said, the hot spot in the province at 17. Weyburn, 11. Yorkton, 7. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 11 degrees. That's 52 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast to 26, gusting to 37. Humidity, 48%. The barometer dropping, 101.4.
Sunny in Moose Jaw, 16 degrees. Winds are from the south at 22. Once again, Regina, sunny in 11. That's 52 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A Ph.D. student from the University of Manitoba is running a cover crop survey of farms across the prairies. Callum Morrison from the Department of Plant Science says cover crops can mitigate climate change and help keep lakes and rivers clean. Well, I'm trying to find out what farmers across the three prairie provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, how they're actually using cover crops on the ground, how they're fitting them into their rotations. And I'd really love to find out what benefits farmers have seen and what time frame and what challenges they, they faced. But uh, crucially, I'm also interested in farmers who didn't grow a cover crop in 2020, including those who have never grown a cover crop. It's just as important for us to find out why farmers aren't growing cover crops, what challenges they are to cover crop adoption. And from that, hopefully, we can identify ways that we can assist farmers who want to grow cover crops. We can uh, provide mitigation methods for any challenges they might face and give some great information to uh, prairie farmers who may be thinking of growing cover crops. When you refer to a cover crop, what do you mean? Well, it's quite a a broad term, but uh, a cover crop is any crop that uh, is not a cash crop that is grown primarily to cover the soil or provide agronomic or environmental benefits. So one of the most common ways they're grown is to provide cover in the shoulder season after cash crop harvests. However, particularly in the prairies, where there's a shorter growing season and maybe a bit of dryness in the fall, farmers can plant their shoulder season cover crop right the way at cash crop planting or at any stage within the cash crop growing season. But some in Saskatchewan are still planting their cover crop after cash crop harvest. But uh, what is also common in the prairies are what we call full season cover crops, And those are cover crops which are grown over the entirety of the growing season. And they can be grown for many different reasons. In Saskatchewan, with the organic farmers, what you quite often see is them growing cover crops as a green manure. But you also have cover crops grown over the full season to tackle issues with salinity. But you can also see them in between row crops of fruit and vegetables um, over the full season and also Say if there's been a washout or a hail, hail damage and the cash crop has failed, some farmers in Saskatchewan plant a cover crop so that they're not wasting a whole year of, uh, of growing. So tell me about who's supporting this, who's financing this cover crop research and why? So my professor, Dr. Von Lawley, gets some money from the Western Grains Research Foundation as well as General Mills and the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. And they're supporting us to do some research on cover crops in the prairies through the survey as well as through field trials that we have. We have two sites in Manitoba, two sites in 
Saskatchewan and one site in Alberta. And what are you hoping to accomplish? I'm hoping to create some great data for Canadian farmers. There's currently not that much data on what's actually happening on the ground with regard to cover crops in the prairies. This has led to farmers in the prairies having to look to the states when it comes to cover crops. And because the climate is so short and we have uh, particular problems with moisture, that data is not really applicable to what we're experiencing up here. So I'm hoping to get, get real, really beneficial data for farmers, but also I'm hoping that we will provide farmers with a voice to tell Research and Extension exactly what they want to, to know, what problems they've faced, and then we can identify new areas of research in the future to answer questions farmers have. And I'm hoping that without asking what problems farmers are facing and what would enable cover crop use, this is a great way to feed into how we can improve extension and also policy regarding cover crops on the prairies. So I'm hoping this will really shape the future of cover cropping in the prairies. So Callum, how do farmers participate? Well, there's a few ways they can do it. Perhaps the easiest way would simply to be Google Prairie Cover Crop Survey, and it should be one of the first results that comes up. Another thing farmers can do is they can follow me on Twitter, which is at Callum Morrison, plural, C-A-L-L-U-M-M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N-S. And farmers can also follow the link that I have in the pinned tweet there on Twitter. Callum Morrison is a Ph.D. student from the University of Manitoba doing a cover crop survey of farms across the prairies. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. Beekeepers are looking at hives, checking on the health of their bees. Simon Lalonde has an operation in the Clavette area, southeast of Saskatoon. We actually started here on March the 6th. Uh, we start opening them up just to put in some mite treatments and check for feed levels to make sure they have enough food to make it through to spring. And then we have to rewrap everything back up. So having these guys come out here will be a huge benefit to speeding up that process and just being able to manage the bees how they need to be managed. The lawn says most bees seem to have survived the winter. So far the beekeepers I've talked to who've gotten out very early they're fairly happy with how the bees are looking. Uh, this time of year, they're looking pretty good. They have, for the most part, sufficient feed to make it for the next round of warm-up and, and things like that. So most beekeepers so far are pretty happy. Lalonde is getting some extra help today. His five workers from Nicaragua have just wrapped up their mandatory two-week COVID-19 quarantine. The federal government has announced a comprehensive plan to better protect foreign workers for Canadian food security. The special rules are for those working in agriculture and agri-food industries. Part of the solution includes a deferral for certain foreign workers in agriculture from the requirement to stay in government-authorized accommodation on arrival. Temporary foreign workers will be able to travel directly to their place of quarantine after getting a COVID-19 test at the airport provided they travel by private transportation. Those who need to use public transportation will be required to stay in a government-authorized accommodation and wait results of their COVID-19 test. Workers will also be provided with supports on arrival and during their hotel stay. 
The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture is advising producers to consider putting marginal cropland into perennial forages this spring. Hilary Luchinski is the agro-environmental specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture based in Humboldt. When you do the math, repeatedly putting thyme, fertilizer and seed into those acres only to receive a poor yield at the end of the season doesn't help your bottom line. Seeding those saline, wet, or unproductive soils into permanent forage can offer an alternate income source while reducing the need and cost for inputs. Converting marginal cropland to perennial forage helps reduce the impacts of salinity, flooding, and drought, while also increasing nutrient cycling, moisture absorption and retention, and hosting a suite of beneficial insects and microbes. Forages can also lower the water table in those low spots, while keeping out some of the weeds that try to move in throughout the summer. Funding to convert highly erodible wet or saline land from annual crop production to permanent tame forage is available through the Canadian Agricultural Partnerships Farm Stewardship Program. The Permanent Tame Forage Beneficial Management Practice, or BMP, is a pre-approval application with a rebate up to 50% of eligible costs to a maximum of $10,000 per applicant. Eligible costs include seedbed preparation for successful establishment and seed. A full list of eligible and ineligible items can be found on our website at www.saskatchewan.ca slash cap. Help filling out the application is available through your local agri-environmental technical services, whose contact information is also available on our website. For assistance choosing your blend or for other program inquiries, you can call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 and they'll put you in touch with the appropriate specialist in one of our 10 regional offices across the province. This has been Hilary Luchinski, Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in Humboldt. Coming up, Market Update. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola gained $1.20 at 6.9957. Number 1 Red Spring wheat declined $1 at $271. The rest were unchanged. Durham 312.32, feed barley 261.15, flax 891.80, lentils 644.50, oats 229.53, yellow peas 392.89. Feed wheat 238.84. Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are down three and three quarter cents at 621 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Hard Nine Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 1,243 at our Tuesday pre These leg grass cattle, they continue to sell very, very strong. Cows and bulls are much the same as the week previous. These good, big, strong cows, 82 to 87. Sales to 90.50. Medium cows, 74 to 81 with the good bulls, at 96 to $1.07. Sales right up to $1.10.50. Here's what happened at our Tuesday pre 
524 red and black steers, 526 at 245 and 50, 80 red and black steers, 653 at 216 and a quarter, 53 steers, reds and black, 713 at 20575. Into the heifers, 87 little black heifers, greener than grass, 515 at 209 and a quarter, 64 red heifers, 602 at 187.75 and 26 tan heifers, they bring 179.75 at 685. 820 8-way black heifers at 165 and 50. Next resort, Tuesday, March 30th. Good run expected again at that one. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Sig 4 Brandon, BP4 Moose Jaw Plant. Both quotes, $200.51 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Canadian retail sales fell 1.1% in January to $52.5 billion as many non-essential retailers were forced to close their stores due to the pandemic. But Stats Canada says early indications point to a 4% gain in retail sales in February as the restrictions eased. CIBC senior economist Royce Mendez says that adds to evidence of continued economic growth in February. But, he warns, the second quarter might begin on weaker footing than previously forecast due to increasing risks to the economy from the third wave of COVID-19. Suncor Energy is investing in carbon capture technology company Savant as it looks for ways to reduce or offset greenhouse gas emissions. Suncor CEO Mark Little says its investment in Vancouver-based Savant will support the commercialization of a technology that could cut the cost of carbon capture. Calgary-based Suncor has targeted an emissions intensity reduction from its petroleum production of 30% by the year 2030 compared with 2014. Savance's Suncor is taking part in a funding round generating $25 million U.S., bringing the total under its Series D financing to $100 million. Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading, weighed down by losses in the key financial, industrial and metals and mining sectors, while the loonie was also lower. The TSX Composite Index was down 15 points at 18,821. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 234 points at 32,627. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.91 cents U.S. compared with 80.27 cents on Thursday. The May crude oil contract was up 52 cents at $60.58 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.